Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to, back to another episode of Hooplex, where we talk about basketball and wrestling unscripted and uncensored. My name is Darrell Thomas. I'm Jonathan Brown. And I'm Damon Creighton. Today, let's 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 just start this off right the way this should start off. The WNBA All Star Game on Wednesday. Um, my prediction was wrong. Um, it was a great game. Don't get me wrong. I was rooting for both teams either way. I did say Team USA by eight, and um, Team WNBA ended up winning by eight. Uh, Arike went off. She had 26 points. John Quill Jones had 18 points on the Team WNBA. I mean, uh, Team USA side. Brittany Griner had 17. Brianna Stewart had 15. Sylvia Falls had 12. And that was... It, it was a really great game to watch, man. Um, my, I I just couldn't turn away. I was getting annoyed in the fourth quarter because they were they started to lose the lead, but you know, it's okay. I I, th- I thought we were getting I thought we were getting that Team USA comeback. We didn't, but I really enjoyed the game. Um, Allie Quigley, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I, I, she was my pick to win, but that was, that was completely down to the wire, man. Um, John Quill Jones, that woman is like, I, again, like, I don't like making NBA, WNBA comparisons, bro, but that's, that's Kevin Durant right there, man. Like, same number, same shot, man. I, I was, ex- I was expecting it to be close, but I didn't think it was going to be that close, man. Like, she won on the last, rack and it took her like she she had like probably like two three shots left man but shout out to Allie Quigley shout out to these women they bought out but John what did you what did you think about the game well I knew that WNBA WNBA was going to win I just knew it coming in I'm glad Enrique went off because she deserves her flowers in her young career in WNBA. Uh, her rookie year, uh, she didn't start. Brian Agler didn't start her, didn't put any faith in her. But I think if Brian Agler put faith in her from her rookie year, from the beginning of her rookie year, and into the success that she has now, I think that, I think that, um, what do you call it? Enrique would, would be on Team USA. I think she would have been starting for Point guard team USA. So, Enrique, I'm glad you went off. I'm glad you went off. Uh, Courtney Williams had 15, so we got a shout out to Courtney. Williams. I sure did. I sure forgot. I forgot. Nah, she went crazy. Yeah, I mean Courtney Williams. She's like, I mean, she's playing for a hometown team, but Atlanta should be way better than they are. So, Courtney Williams, I'm glad she went off. Um, John Quill Jones just being John Quill Jones. A double double in the off star game. I mean, I mean that's that's she's a beast, bro. She's a beast. So I knew w, team W NBA was gonna go was gonna win. And I'm glad they won. So I could just brag in front of Jarrell who thought Team USA was going to win and going to be amazing. 
I I have my thoughts on Team USA, both men and women, but I'm I'm gonna say those for a little bit later. But Damon, what did you think about this All Star game? Were were you impressed with the performances that you saw? And then what about the three point contest? Uh, yeah, I was very impressed. Um, I think it was so enjoyable to watch because it seemed like it was everybody was like actually trying to be competitive. Um, you know, when we watch these NBA All Star games, it's like. 130 to 121 in the first half um but it like these women were really like playing they looked like they was playing for real and then so that was really enjoyable to watch three point um I didn't really have a pick to win I was just kind of watching for fun but all of them went off John Coyle Jones went off in that first round and then coming down to that second to last shot, Ali quickly winning that. That was exciting. And then John Quell didn't even get a halftime, comes out and still plays just as well. Um, so overall, the whole All-Star weekend was a great experience to watch for the first time. Yeah, I, I definitely was very impressed. Um, another thing that I want to talk about, man, Matter of fact, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just talk about Team USA in general. Now, I know that these were exhibition games, and you know, the team the Team USA women I'm I'm cut the slack because they literally just played the All Star game. But um, this year, Team USA is full of losers. Okay, I'm 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 sorry. I like the rosters, but. We ain't winning no gold shit, okay? First of all, again, like, Kevin Love was on the roster, and I guess you had to have him because you got to have some white man on the roster since it's Team USA. But apparently he was injured the whole damn time, so then you replace him with JaVale McGee. Now, Keldon Johnson, like, I, I don't watch Spurs games to know about Keldon Johnson, so I don't I didn't really have too much of an opinion, but – um. I know Kevin Love was a non-factor, but the team itself is already one and two. Y'all add JaVale McGee and Keldon Johnson to this roster. Y'all don't want to win gold. I'm convinced. I am absolutely convinced that y'all don't want to win gold. Now, Team USA women, I don't know how y'all lost without Liz. When, when Liz Cambage, she wasn't with the team for idiotic reasons. Well, not necessarily 100% sure. What the reasons are? They said that she wasn't playing due to mental health reasons. Um, I heard that there was some type of altercation in one of the non-televised games. Um, if that's the case and they removed Liz from the team, I have a huge issue with that. If not, I hope that Liz can be just okay. And um, yeah, Team USA, we ain't winning shit. Um, the America just we're gonna fail. Okay, we 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 are absolutely gonna fail. Um, I have, uh, I, as far as I know, I have no like legitimate, one hundred percent Nigerian ties. But let's go to Team Nigeria or Team Canada. I, I don't know what's going on. Um, Australia's going off too. Like, nah, I don't understand. I don't even claim this country that much anyway because we live on stolen land. But I we ain't doing that today. But let's move on to this next topic. And speaking of a WNBA All-Star, so they recently just released 
the covers for NBA 2K22. And to my surprise, and to the surprise of the majority of the world, we got one of the most beautiful sights to see. For the first time ever, we have a woman's 2K cover, and the first woman to hold that honor is Candace Parker. And Damon, I'm going to ask you first, how do you feel about the cover, and what do you think this does for the WNBA? Um, it's awesome that um, we have a cover. Honestly, the last probably three, four years, the covers have been pretty ass for 2K. Um, but I think both for both covers that they released, I think they really did a great job. But for it to be um, Candace Parker for the first time, it really, I feel like that was really the best choice. When you think about it, like, Honestly, to most people that even don't watch NBA, it's like, oh, who's a WNBA player, you know? And it's Candace Parker 95% of the time if it's not like being a tribe here superb. Um, but I think it's huge for the WNBA. Um, hopefully, this would be the first. I know they had WNBA in the last game, but um, I think this would be a big chance to get some even more eyes on the um, – on, on the sport, or not sport, but just the league in general. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm right with you, man. I'm, I was so happy just to see that. Like, I woke up to it, it legitimately made my day. Those players, they have been busting their asses. And Candace Parker is well-deserving. She is funny because it's like she's been one of the best players, but I wouldn't say, like, she's been that best player for sure. And she's one of the faces of the league. That just shows you how great she is on and off the court. And I'm the type of person where it's like, honestly, I'm I'm going to just keep it a buck. I have not really cared about who a cover athlete was on 2K since like the end of high school, if before that, because my thing is, I just want the game to be good. Like the covers can be cool and all, but if the game is ass, that means nothing. This time is different because it's history. Like, we're making history with this cover. She's the first and hopefully not the last. And, you know, they they did a WNBA My Career last year, but it was only for next-gen consoles. I still haven't upgraded yet. So I was kind of pissed off because I wanted to make my own WNBA player, but maybe next year. But the only real complaint I have about this cover and it's not even about the cover itself the cover itself is absolutely beautiful my issue is that again like I just said like I hadn't updated yet some of y'all gonna be like oh so you just broke like no motherfucker I just didn't buy the shit yet the that edition of 2k22 is $70 and it's only available for the next gen consoles every other edition of the game is available for older gen and next gen consoles. I just kind of feel like, you know, having to literally buy a whole nother console just to get this edition of the game when the legends and the regular editions of the game are, you can get them on any version. I just kind of feel like that's kind of BS, but 
that's just me. But John, what do you th- think about this cover? What do you? Th- how do you think it looks? And what impact do you think this is going to have on WNBA for the future? Uh, I like the cover. Um, I wasn't expecting uh, to like for a WNBA player to be on the cover, but uh, I'm glad um, there's a cover with a WNBA player on it. Uh, I think it should have been, in my opinion, you know, Tina Charles on it, but. But Candace Parker, she has popularity. Everyone knows her. When the people think about WNBA, they associate with Candace Parker. So it's a very smart business move on Suitcase Park. So kudos to them. Uh, what I think the cover would lead on, I hope it would lead on to like a separate WNBA 2K game. If there's a separate WNBA 2K game, uh, I think that would be great. Have a my career. Focus on like, focus on like a player's like um, uh, career path from high school AAU basketball to choosing which college and then and then the college process for all four years because the bracket rules are different and then they make the WBA have to go through training camp to make the team because there's there's many graphics in WBA who get drafted and then they get cut. Then when they make the team, they have to go through traveling process, a condensed season, uh, with like 34 games in like in a, in a season, and not spread out like a regular college basketball season. So that's so. What I'm thinking about this NBA 2K cover is like a lead on or our starters align to a separate WNBA 2K game, which I would most definitely buy. Yeah, most definitely. If they actually went through and made a game, I'm playing that shit damn near every fucking day, like straight up, man. Like NBA 2K over the years has just gotten worse and worse, kind of like the WWE games. And, you know, it's it's time for something fresh, you know, just give us a new game, you know, like it's still 2K and a basketball 2K game, but I think if they split the WNBA from NBA 2K and make it their own game series, I don't know how it would do like the first couple of years, but like the way these girls have been balling, just in no time it'll blow up, man. Like again, like I wanted a full WNBA in my career. Like I would, for one, you know, just getting to play with the teams. It's, I mean, it's cool and all, but it's not fair, you know, but we we've said how how many times have we said on this podcast that America hates women, but that also brings us to our next topic and part is it, part of the issue that is going on with this cover currently. Um, we've talked about why you should watch the WNBA, and we've also talked about why the WNBA deserves better, and this one is kind of all the way, like, combines everything into one, man. Like, we have to stop disrespecting these WNBA players on the basis that they're women. Like, that's really bothersome. Like, when the Candace cover, I guess, like, I was scrolling through my For You page on TikTok, and somebody was, it was before they released the covers, and I guess, like, they did, like, a little teaser video, and it was like this one quick shot of the WNBA logo silhouette. And like somebody like stopped the video and they were pausing through it and like 
looking through every piece of it, seeing that it was WNBA colors, the logo, Candace Parker's silhouette and everything, and they were getting mad about it. And I wanted to go in and comment, but I was just like, let me just see what the comments are looking like. And I scroll all the way down, all the way down, people saying, oh, if this is the cover, I'm not buying the game, all this other shit. Um, people in the comments saying, oh, well, we know for a fact that you'll have a Hall of Fame kitchen cleaner badge. And I'm just sitting there like, you motherfuckers are that pitiful. Like, first things first, you ain't going to say none of this shit to anybody's face. Like, you're you're not. Because you know better than any, you know for a fact that you ask for a 1v1, you getting dropped off. Besides the fact that it's very misogynistic for people to even be coming at them like this, like for, I, they don't do nothing but who, literally, they don't do nothing but play ball. That's literally all they do. Why are we chastising them for any, like, we don't even have a good reason to chastise them. They're just existing. They're just hooping. They're just women. And people just make it this big old thing where every time somebody posts a WNBA highlight, it's like, oh, post a real sport. What the fuck does that mean? Like, for the people, because I don't bash people who don't watch the WNBA because, I mean, there are people who just don't know. You know, I'd recommend them to watch it, but I'm not going to be mad if they don't. When you disrespect the women's players, that's where it becomes an issue. Because, again, what's the point? Like, what do you get out of that? Like, Twitter trolls and everything. Like, it's, it's, it's getting it, – it's gone way too far, way too many times. And I don't know what it's going to take to get this to stop, but it needs to, like, yesterday. Because it's not fair to them. Again, all they're doing is busting their ass playing a the sport they love. What what is the hate for? I don't I don't understand. But John, what what do you think is the reasoning behind all of this? Well, do you think there's another meaning besides oh well everybody hates women or and what do you think could be steps towards trying to get this taken care of, if at all? Only way that could be taken care of. And if this problem will only be taken care of if people have parents that raise them and teach them to respect human beings. That's the only way I see that this problem can be fixed. Because there's literally kids out here that are being raised by parents who tell them or like who tell them or like or um Figuratively tell them, hey, disrespecting women is okay. And that's that's not right. And it starts it starts in the home. Because those those guys on the internet that's saying, oh, get in the kitchen, oh, kitchen cleaner badge or, or whatever, they weren't raised correctly. They weren't raised about respect. They weren't raised about respecting women. They weren't raised to do that and that's the parents fault it's also yeah the kids fault because it's a kid and kids make mistakes but it's the parents fault the parents should teach the kid because it's really kids online just trolling and if you're an adult trolling WNBA players bro you're a loser you're a flat out loser 
who needs to go outside and go for a walk. But if you're just chilling online, you need help. Like you need all types of help. And it starts in the home. It starts with the parents. Like, hey, don't say this because that's very disrespectful. And yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just don't get it. Like, I know it starts in the home and everything, but just because, like, there there's no excuse, like, whatsoever to treat anybody like that. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me how you can wake up and be like, oh, well, I know I don't watch the WNBA, but let me go to the WNBA's Instagram or Twitter page where, that I don't even follow. And just tweet some hate or, or say some hateful shit for no reason. You like, don't care, but you literally go on the page. Exactly. Like, and there's certain players where it's just like, I just want somebody to try them in person. Like, I want somebody to say something to Liz Cambage in person. Just one time. Just say the wrong thing to Liz Cambage. Just one time. And not because of the, and you know, of course, it sounds weird because I'm saying that because, like, oh, well, I'm telling somebody to disrespect her, but I want Liz Cambage to be somebody ass. Cause y'all, y'all, y'all gonna see y'all, y'all are sick, but Damon, what are your thoughts on this situation that we have going on? Um, I definitely agree with, um, Jonathan that it does start in the home. Um, if you see, um, if you physically see disrespect to, towards women growing up or you're taught that, then of course that's going to be something that stays with you as you grow up um unless you actively try to change that but um i i assume every person <laughs> that says this kind of stuff online are really incels that probably have no female friends or have ever been in any kind of romantic relationship with a woman because there's there's like absolutely no way possible that y'all talk to women in real life like this like and like and like you said like how you on this page that you don't follow like bro go dude like please go go shoot some basketball since you know so much touch grass something right like like do something go do some dribble drills or something i don't know i don't know what to tell you because there's literally no reason for you to do that. Um, that's why it's like, I don't even look at the comments whenever some WNBA related gets posted on like Bleach Report or like ESPN or Sports Center. There's no point. I enjoy the clip. I'll share it. No point in looking at anything because like, it's just, it's a cesspool of the worst parts of the internet. Um, but yeah, so ratio yourself into eating healthy and um that's all i have to say about that and it just blows my mind that everybody want to be so tough through the phone like again ain't no all of these people that's claiming oh post a real sport or hall of fame kitchen badge ain't nobody saying none of this stuff to any of these players in person like that shit is scary as hell what what do you get out of it? I don't know. I, I really don't. 
So, you know, obviously I can't really do too much because, you know, like I can't really speak for women's struggles because I'm not a woman. Like I can speak on how it's wrong, but I can't really speak from a perspective of, oh, well, I know what's going on because I can't. But I argue with niggas. I'll throw hands too. If I see any young person that's running in my house like this, we we throwing ones, like real talk. This is, this is beyond out of hand. Like, honestly, it really is. And it sucks. It does. It, it absolutely sucks. But moving on from this, that is going to do it for the WNBA portion of the podcast. And now let's do Worst Takes, the segment in the show where we react to your basketball and wrestling hot takes live. And the first one I have is Prime Rondo is better at every aspect of basketball than Steph outside of shooting and scoring. What, 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 what? Prime Rondo is better at every aspect of basketball than Steph Curry outside of scoring. And not... Um, I don't know if you watched Prime Rajon Rondo, um, but Prime Rondo was literally not a scorer like he like. Rondo now is a better scorer than Prime Rondo, so you know, of course, I understand that regard. If you said, "Oh well, Prime Rondo," the only thing Prime Rondo is better at than Steph is passing. It's it's straight up. Um, Steph is a way better rebounder. Um, I mean, he's taller than Rondo, so it makes sense. What possesses you to say something like this? Like, I know this is hot takes and all, but like, really? I don't, I don't understand that one. But, uh, did y'all get any takes? I got one. Um, I have that Lonzo Ball will be a Nick next year. Lonzo, Lonzo Ball. Taco Fall? <laughs> Lonzo is not... <sighs> okay, okay. Because this just reminded me of something that happened in the, the basketball group chat the other day. I, I think, yeah, matter of fact, it was yesterday. <sighs> One of my boys in this group chat, we talking about the Pistons. And I'm talking about how Jeremy Grant would really fit Kay Cunningham's playing style. And this man types. And I, I he says, let me go back to it. Um, Let me find it. Jeremy Grant going to get traded to the Wizards. And John Slowass going to respond with it. For Rui Hachimura, I like it. I really wanted to smack this shit out of both of you for saying this. I I don't I don't first of all, why would we ever take Rui Hachimura? Like what what reason would we have to ever consider taking Rui Hachimura? I I said this on Twitter and I will say this again. The only people that y'all are getting from the Detroit Pistons are Dennis Smith Jr., Jalil Okafor, 
Wayne Ellington, or Mason Plumley. So unless you want one of those four, please, for the love of God, stop asking us for this shit. You're not getting the pick. You're not getting Jeremy Grant. But back to the topic of discussion, this is borderline the same thing. I've seen people say that the Lakers are going to get Lonzo back. I don't even think Lonzo will let that happen. Like, at this point, you know, because, I mean, yeah, Lonzo might want to go home. But, I mean, would you really want to get traded back to the team that traded you as an asset for an all-star? Like, I I couldn't see it. Um, Lonzo with the Knicks, no. I, I absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, what what did, what did John? What did, what are your thoughts on this take? Uh, Lonzo Ball and the Knicks. I don't think that's a good idea. I think the Knicks are already good as they are, so I don't think Lonzo Ball will fit on the Knicks. Uh. Kenny Zamore with the uh, the opinion about training Jeremy Grant. Um, I think that's not a smart move to do. I just added in for Rui. That's a great idea. I just added that in to play along. You know, I didn't want to, you know, be like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Trade Jeremy Grant. I just wanted to play along and humor it. I, I'm sorry, man. Dang. Okay. You know what? All right, David, since you're from the city as well, I'm going to just ask you, um, what would you do if Jeremy Grant got traded to the Wizards? <laughs> um, that'd be some silly stuff right there. Um, I mean, Rui's a good player for where he is right now, and I'm sure he has a pretty decent. I I, I feel like John would know better than me, but I feel like he has a pretty decent uh, ceiling long term. But for Jeremy Grant right now, that is <laughs> that'd be really stupid for the Pistons to do. Um, I think the funniest part outside of the Wizards, um, but going back to people trying to trade for the pick, I think the most delusional fans are the uh, are the Rockets. I don't know what assets they think they have, um, but I actually saw this. It was a, from a real a real fan page. It was like, um, should the Rockets push forward with this trade um, with? Eric Gordon as the main piece connected with the first round. Like <laughs> I'm gonna stop you right there. I'm I'm not even gonna let you finish. I you know what? Maybe if y'all could say John Wall, okay? John Wall ain't worth no number one pick no more, but I would have understood. Eric Gordon dribble, 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 shoot. For the number one overall pick as the main pick. And they, they really tried to push it as if they was really losing listen, out. Listen. Okay. Let me, to all of the other 29 fan bases in the NBA, let me explain something to y'all. Troy Weaver is an absolute genius, which means that Troy Weaver is not a fucking idiot, 
okay? So stop asking. Stop, stop. You, Eric Gordon? No. And then, okay, see, I'm, Damon, I'm sorry, but okay, see, y'all have really lost it. What? Because y'all, I have seen people, OKC fans say that the Pistons should give them the number one pick for SGA. Let me say something. Let, Listen, let me, I think that's fucking stupid. OKC, OKC, OKC. SGA is the future of your fucking franchise. You don't need Kate Cunningham. You don't. It okay? would have been nice. You don't. But I was going to say, realistically, we're really just trying to trade into the top four, I think. But honestly, for where we're at right now, I we've kind of – I'm fine if we stay where we're at because, if anything, like I'm willing to trade my two later picks to get into the top ten again. But continue. Listen – if if OKC is stupid enough to trade Shea Gilgis Alexander, I'd be perfectly fine with it. I would love for SGA to be on the Pistons. However, the number one pick, have, have you lost your minds? Now, I'll tell you what I'll give you for Shea Gilgis Alexander. Y'all can have Dennis oh. Smith, Jaleel Okafor, Mason Plumlee, Wayne Ellington, I don't hear that. and Killian I don't hear that, bro. Listen, y'all, y'all get, y'all get four trash players, but you get a very good playmaker in Killian A's. Y'all can take those five, and we'll get SGA, and then we can have a, a backcourt of K and SGA. Ha- but that trade don't make no sense. So it's not gonna happen. It, it's it's not. Um, another hot take. Um. Okay, I can't. Oof. Let's see. LeBron is not a top three player anymore. Um, I'm trying to think. I think he's either number three or four because I have KD and stuff over LeBron, and. People are going to say, like, oh, well, I mean, he's LeBron James. He's the greatest player in the world. I mean, when the the the, the context cool here is anymore, like, in, meaning right now. If you actually think LeBron is the best player in the league right now, you're not a real fan of basketball. I know that LeBron had injuries. I get that. I also know that he's, what, 36, 37 now? He's aging, okay? Yes, he's doing things at his age that no normal human being is able to do. But did y'all watch the, f- the second round of the NBA playoffs? Did, did y'all watch the Eastern Conference semifinals? Did, did, y'all, did y'all watch them? Did y'all see what Kevin Durant did while having no Kyrie and James Harden on a bone leg. He helped Brooklyn get to game seven against the Milwaukee Bucks. Did y'all not watch the regular season where Steph Curry led the league in scoring, had a 62-point game, took a Warriors team that 
was not even supposed to be in the playoffs to the eighth seed where they only lost to the referees and LeBron's flopping, I might add. They were supposed to be in the playoffs, but I'm not going to go on that rant today. I love LeBron. I do. He's a great person off the court. He's a great player on the court. But I'm trying to think, like, who could I put at th- third? Um, Who – who would you put over LeBron besides Kyrie? I mean, not Kyrie, uh, Stephen KD. Um, I say season wise, this season, like this season only, not all time, just this season, Joel and B. Um, I don't know. I, I think I was gonna say I, it would either have to be Joker or MB for me because yeah. when MB yeah. wasn't hurt, that man was unstoppable this season. Okay, yeah, I yeah I, I say MB because I mean Jokic MVP, of course, but I don't really know like. Between him and Embiid, it's kind of tough right now. Like, honestly, because, I mean, Nikola Jokic is leaps and bounds a better playmaker than Embiid. But, um, I mean, Embiid is a 10 times better defensively. So, okay, I could, okay, I, I could say, I could see Joel Embiid being that number, being the third best player in the league. I could see it. But, I do agree with that take that LeBron's not top three anymore. And not not in the sense of like, oh, well, he sucks now, but he's just not that number one guy anymore. And it's okay. Um, Did y'all have any more takes? Uh, I had a take. Uh, this person on Reddit said that the Dallas Mavericks jerseys are awful. The Dallas Mavericks what? uniforms are awful. They are. They suck. They're ugly. Which ones? He just—it was on Reddit. It was like I—I I like the the gold uh, city ones and the earned ones, but I don't like their like regular home and away jerseys. Yeah, I I agree. Um, let's see. Um, some wrestling hot takes. Oh, I got a wrestling hot take. Um, I don't even know if this is necessarily a hot take. Okay, go um, ahead. I think that Brock Lesnar has the biggest impact on the PG era. In what way? Let me let me let me let me find the words. Um, never mind. Let me retract that. I'm. <laughs> I was sitting here thinking about it. Yeah, but. 
that's going to do it for this edition of Worst Takes and moving in to the wrestling side. Now, as of recording, this is a Saturday. Yesterday, SmackDown was officially the first WWE event back in front of a full crowd, which means that, okay, I'm I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to word this because I can't say the pandemic era is over because COVID still exists, fuckers. But I guess the, the virtual fan era is over. So we're going to talk about the best and worst of this pandemic era, air quotes. Um, starting off with the best, let me just say this, Bailey and Sasha Banks carried the whole first half of the pandemic. Like they absolutely carried. And if it wasn't for them, nobody would be watching WWE. Like even now, like no, absolutely nobody. Cause they did some very unspeakable things that I'll get into a little, we'll all get into a little bit later, but they are the absolute goats and MVPs of the pandemic era for sure. But what what did y'all think were some of the best and worst moments? Like we 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 just doing this free off the off the dome, like no no structure. That's I think we out of this era we got one of the best cinematic matches of all time with the AJ Styles Undertaker. Yes, uh, bruh. Yes, like. Because I, I wasn't necessarily sure what exactly a Boneyard match was going to mm. be. And then when they filmed it, and I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm just like, yo, like, I'm actually enjoying this because, let's let's be honest, WrestleMania 36 was fucking oh, man, terrible. That sucked. Like, it was unbearable. And it was mainly because there was no fans, so you just heard wrestlers making jokes and talking to each other, but... The Boneyard match was perfect. Like I, it got me through night one of WrestleMania. I can say that for sure. And I think what made that yeah, WrestleMania man. so much worse was like since there was no virtual fans yet, like they weren't even inputting like crowd noise yet. I don't think so. Oh, yeah. It was just dead silent as they came out and were wrestling with commentary, and then Mojo Rowley running around screaming every thirty-five minutes. um okay one of the worst moments um we talked about it on this podcast when we talked about backlash um i'm not even gonna go into detail all i'm gonna say is the word zombies and i'm just gonna leave it at that um y'all y'all too can comment on it but i i i I have nothing to say on that shit i I have nothing what did you say Zombies. Zombies. Yeah. At backlash. At backlash. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was that, something. For a promotion of a movie, what, what was what was that about? I think, yeah, I guess, like, Batista had a zombie movie or something. Yeah, it was on Netflix. It just came out on Netflix. I will say, though, 
the movie was good. I enjoyed the actual movie itself, but there was no reason for a lumberjack match to be with zombies surrounding the ring. And then I get that, um, you know, Miz like towards ATL or MCL, whatever it was, but like watching these zombies like all lay on him and eat him, I guess of sort was uh and i think i think what made it bad was how long it took for them to change off of it i mean it seemed like it was for hours they just it was just them just laying on them and another negative was like 70 percent of the pay-per-views man a lot of these pay-per-views were not good at all Oh my god, dude! When I tell you, matter of fact, okay, let me let me just go through a couple of these, man. Extreme rules or whatever the oh what my the god, I was just about to say whatever that. whatever it was called. Listen, um, Rey Mysterio lost his lost his eye apparently, and he only had one eye for like six months. That was terrible. Um, then, oh yeah, and then like Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre, they had some sort of thing, and you know, Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler is just kind of the perennial loser, so it was no point. And I'm trying to think, what other show pissed me off? Um, I can't think. See, that's how unmemorable they were. I can't even think. Um, we got but, we had a good Royal Rumble. That was a good one. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we got sure. that Roman Kevin Owens match. Um, obviously, yeah. both Royal Rumbles are really good. Um, okay, let's see. I'm gonna scroll through this real quick and see what we had. Because uh, I like I really do not remember. I mean, WrestleMania Night One was great. Uh, night two was kind of trash. Um, what am I missing? Uh, oh, Elimination Chamber was terrible. Um, nobody watched Fast Lane. Um, Hell in a Cell was decent. Um, oh yeah, because that was. Uh, that was Orton versus McIntyre. Oh, um, okay. This is somewhat a hot take. Okay, this is one that counts under the best and worst at the same time. And this this is gonna ruffle some feathers. Um, Drew McIntyre's main event push as a whole is the best and worst thing that happened like when it started off with fans at the royal rumble everybody was behind drew when he won at wrestlemania everybody was behind drew and it just got kind of stale like he lost the title and then one day he just came out with a kilt and a sword and just won it back and then he held it again and the matches were bad and then he had to go up against Goldberg and that storyline was like oh well you don't respect legends even though I literally just said I respect the legends okay 
And then <sighs> Elimination Chamber happens. And Drew loses the title. So we're thinking, okay, he's going to move on to something else. Thank God. <sighs> Since February. Going into tomorrow at Money in the Bank. Drew McIntyre has had at least 77 different opportunities to get the WWE Championship. But now, including the kilt and the stupid sword, he also tells Scottish history. Oh, boy. Um, I honestly feel like Drew was going to get that Roman type of boo on Monday. I I feel it. I'm going to be completely honest. I, I feel it, you know. WrestleMania was different because, I mean, it was still a fresh feud. But now I think everybody's kind of sick. It's, no, okay. Here's how, how this is going to play out. If Drew wins, he's getting booed out the building. If, if he loses, okay, he'll get a good pop. But if he actually wins this Money in Bank ladder match, he's getting booed out that building. Like, I guarantee it. And speaking of Monday, another of the worst things to happen in the pandemic era. Monday night. (laughs) Listen, I don't know who was in charge besides Bruce Pritchard. I don't know. I don't know anything. Um, That show is bad. Like, I'm hoping with fans coming back that the show quality will improve. However, there have been things on this show that should never, ever happen. The entire character, new character of Alexa Bliss where she stole the Fiend's gimmick, throw it away. All the roll-ups and disqualifications and distractions, throw them the fuck away. At this point, Drew McIntyre, throw him away temporarily, just for a couple of months, man. Just let him go. Monday Night Raw just needs a new everything. An absolutely new everything, man. Like, fire Bruce Pritchard. Please fire Bruce Pritchard. Um, Vince McMahon, I need you to retire. And, um, yeah, Vince, just Vince. You know what? Okay, this is this is a raw topic, but I feel like I, I have to bring this up, man, because this is this somewhat ties into our, our our another one of our wrestling topics. But I have to speak on this right now. When WWE gets they they're, they get spoiled a lot, and it's this one because I, I won't talk about the rest because I I don't want to ruin it for you guys because it got ruined for us. But this one I have to speak on. Apparently, the rumors are that um, Bobby Lashley's next challenger is um, hold up, NASCAR going on outside your home? <laughs> nah, motherfuckers um mowing the lawns like they don't warrant tell nobody they mowing the lawns because I live in a, a complex, but they're supposed to be bringing back Bill Goldberg. As Bobby Lashley's next challenge. No, Vince Vince McMahon. Let no, me let me just no. 
let me let me let me let me speak oh, to you personally, Vincent. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. We are sick and tired of Goldberg. Oldberg, if you will. He can't even wrestle anymore. He never could, if we're really being honest. I don't you know it. Y'all, 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 y'all can speak on this, bro, because I'm not I'm about to get pissed. When Goldberg came back, we just wanted one match. One match with Goldberg. You know, he left uh, WrestleMania 20 on a bad note. So we just wanted him to get one match against Brock. And, you know, we move on, you know? Like, all right, we finally got the close we wanted with Goldberg. He beats Brock. Yay. Right off into the sunset. Yeah, like something peaceful. Like, finally, we got the tools that we want. Next thing you know, he keeps coming back. He keeps coming back. He keeps coming back. And he wins the universal title somehow. Wait a minute. <laughs> and then he gets a WrestleMania match. And he loses. And people are literally cheering. Thank you, Brock. That's weird. When fans are cheering, thank you, Brock. Something is wrong. And it's just mind-blowing that we keep bringing him back. Didn't we bring him back for like an Australian show? Yeah. And it's crazy because it's as close as Vince and Undertaker are, you would think that uh, Vince would be bullying Goldberg because he almost freaking ended Undertaker's life. Doing the trying to do the uh, what's it called? The jackhammer almost dropped him on his neck. Doing that stupid show that nobody asked for, or no, that wasn't the Australian one. That was in uh, that was no, Saudi, Arabia. Saudi Arabia. I get those two confused. Oh my god! Just Vince, just don't, just don't. Um, but. Another that I have to put in the best is the Hurt Business. Boy, did WWE fuck that up. They were the only thing that made Monday Night Raw any watchable. Like, it was a a black stable. Like, four guys, MVP, Bobby, Shelton, Cedric. Everybody had a title at one point. Well, but MVP wasn't wrestling, so technically all three of them did. You know, Shelton and Cedric, they were just basically sitting around doing nothing. And then the Hurt Business comes up, and they're the tag team champions, and they're getting good slots on the show. And what does Vince McMahon decide to do? He breaks them up for no reason. And you know what Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander are doing now? Chasing that stupid-ass 24-7 title. The Hurt Business was one of the best factions in the modern era. Like, and as I'm not even saying that as black bias, there's a little bit of black bias, but it was actually enjoyable. Like, you they just come out, beat the shit out of people, and then leave. Like, and then like there was a time period where we we're like, okay, well, are they heels are they faces? They if they got paid, they did whatever. And I really liked their storyline and Oh boy. 
Vince McMahon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Vin- Vincent Kennedy McMahon. But moving on to our next topic. Um, with the Goldberg leak, that comes, there comes this topic. Um, wrestling reporters, um, specifically the WWE ones, man, they spoil everything, dude. Like, I, I, I'm not even going to go into detail about the ones that I've heard, the ones that have been confirmed for Money in the Bank, because I don't want to ruin the show for anybody. Because, again, like, the show got ruined for me. AEW, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, well, maybe there's bias towards AEW or anything. But AEW know how to keep their mouth closed. They they do. I don't know if, like, there's, like, spies or something in WWE's locker rooms or something. But everything gets spoiled nowadays, man. Like, the only thing recently, the only two things that I've recently haven't heard get spoiled are when Edge came back at SmackDown a couple weeks ago and Finn Balor's came to SmackDown last night. That was the only two things, like, people already told, like, there there were reports that Edge was going to return after Royal Rumble in 2020. They they already said, like, oh, well, Edge is, he's, he's confirmed to be coming back. And then somebody said, oh, well, he's going to show up at the Royal Rumble. And I'm you know, of course, I was still shocked because, I mean, nobody actually thought Edge was going to wrestle again. But at the same time, after the fact, it's like, oh, well, I kind of already knew. And it's like, man, like, I don't I don't understand what they get out of doing that. Like, I, I OK, I'm, I'm going to say a couple people in mind. Um, well, just one. Dave Meltzer, you sick bastard. You and these seven-star matches ruining every surprise. Just just stop. Like, Dave Meltzer just ruins everything, man. Like, he, first of all, with these star ratings, that already kind of ruined everything because now it's like there are nerds or marks, as they're called in the IWC, who... As soon as a match goes off, they say, oh, well, what is Meltzer going to say? How many stars is this going to get? Just enjoy the damn match. Like, okay. Wrestling reporters. Oh, this is going to make some people mad. Um, Dave Meltzer and Kenny Omega, I don't know what's going on between them two, but... If the highest you can get in a match is five stars, what the hell are you giving seven for? Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I think it was Omega versus Okada. Um, I did watch it, and it was great. I'd give it five stars. But uh, what is the purpose of seven stars? Like, what 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 is going on between Dave Meltzer and Kenny Omega? Something is going on. I don't know. I, I have no idea. But why the fuck is that? Why is there a seven star match? Like I, I don't understand. I, I, I really don't understand. But Damon, I know because we were talking about it in the group chat a little bit, and you had pretty much the most to say out of all of it. But how do you feel about wrestling reporters nowadays? Like when it comes to 
spoiling things or overhyping things that really aren't what they are and just kind of like instigating brand warfare. Yeah, I just think it's really annoying because I think the first thing that always comes to mind with me about Dave Meltzer is like, why are we taking the word of a dude that's never wrestled before, never been on any sort of wrestling television, a writer, director, costume, uh, catering. Why are we taking, why is his word like God when it comes to starring matches and reviewing who's the best when this man has never been in the wrestling industry before? Um, But like, I just don't get what the point of spoiling stuff is for. Like, it'd be, as a journalist, like, I get, like, you want to be the first person to make a story, but be the first person to make the story, like, when it happens. Like, oh, Ed just came back. Read about it here. Not, hey, guys, I saw, I was hiding in, I was hiding in the local diner, and I saw Edge driving in at six in the morning, guys. He's going to come back. Like, what's the fun of that? Like, you really take the fun out of wrestling. There's no surprises anymore. The last surprise I remember was Christian returning at the Royal Rumble. Like, at least I I think. Did that get spoiled? I don't think it did. That one wasn't. No. Nah. I, I was going to say, I think that was, like, the one that did it. And as yeah. some, I don't, I watch AEW, but not, like, that much. Like, I could really care if something gets spoiled for me from AEW. That doesn't bother me. But. WWE is like what I primarily watch, and it's like it's not it's not fun. It's it makes it. I remember we were all younger, and a return was like a real return. Like, can you imagine in like in this year, like when John Cena returned at number thirty in that Royal Rumble, and at crowd erupted. Can you imagine if that got spoiled? Like two years ago, that happened two years ago, and that got spoiled. Like, well, I just don't get it. It don't make sense. It's stupid. And then, like, the weird thing about it, because it's like, you know, everybody says, like, wrestling is like drama. It's like theater. That's exactly the point. Imagine if somebody were to start spoiling. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to think of a show offhand. Imagine you went to go see Endgame. Uh, First time somebody already saw it before. They're like, "Ao, he died at the end." Oh no, I'm spraying. Oh my god, I'm, I'm, I'm straight up. Spraying oh, like, and this—that's the thing. Like, a whole bunch of people ended up spoiling Endgame on purpose to be funny. Like, why can't y'all just protect it? Like, if you know folks ain't seen it, just shut up. Because we don't want to automatically know what's going to happen. Like, if we wanted, like, if we wanted to know what the surprises were going to be, we wouldn't watch. We watch for entertainment. We watch to see what's going to happen. Like, we want to be shocked, surprised, all that. Like, we want to feel all the emotions while watching this shit. Mm -hmm. Why are you waiting? Like, if you tell me what's going to go down, I'm not going to want to watch it no more. Cause I already know what's about to happen. Yep. Like, and it's like, for example, like if something's super obvious from a booking standpoint, like okay, Bobby versus Kofi, 
it's it's clear that Bobby is going to win. I mean, it's not like somebody said like, oh, well, Bobby Lashley's going to win this. Like, I mean, it's just kind of obvious. Mm-hmm. But then it's just like when people saying like, oh, well, um, Seth Rollins is coming back and he's going to win the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. And I'm just like, why are you telling me? Because now I don't want to watch it. But, John, what do you think about all of this when it comes to wrestling reporters? I think wrestling – I think there should, like – wrestling support uh, – wrestling uh, reporters, they need to sit down. They need to sit down, man, because we been everything. Because I remember when AJ Styles, like, signed to WWE. I understand you want to report that. But also, can you like keep that a surprise? Because nobody really thought AJ Styles was ever coming to the WWE. Nope. Nobody ever thought that would happen. That's like a video game dream. And then he signed, and then you're gonna have, oh yeah, AJ Styles, he's gonna go on the main roster, and then uh Arn Anderson, and uh, I forgot his the other name. I forgot his name. I forgot the other guy's name in the Bullet Club. But you talking about Carl Anderson. Anderson. And uh Gallows. Yeah, Gallows. Why did I say Arn Anderson? No, that's stupid. Carl Anderson <laughs> and Luke Gallows. They're gonna go to NXT. It it was like what are we doing? And then I remember WrestleMania 30. He was saying that Brock Lesnar's gonna sign the UFC. Whole time we all think, oh, Roman's gonna win WrestleMania 30. Like, we were all like, all right, let's prepare for the booze. Brock wins. We were like, what? You <laughs> know, it was WrestleMania 34 because everybody thought Brock would leave. And we, and we were like, okay, Roman's gonna win. Next thing you know, oh, yeah, I remember oh, yeah. that. And then, like, WWE end up ends up having to change plans because everybody knows and they just expected it. Like, I'm glad that they know how to adapt to situations like that, but they shouldn't have to. Like, I I recently like, well, I never unfollowed David, never followed him, but I legit blocked him. I was gonna say, like, I don't even block. I don't. Also. I don't even block. I don't even block people on Twitter, bro. Like, I don't. I don't block people on social media. That's just not who I am. But, like, I legit block this motherfucker. I was going to say, I've blocked him and that Sean Rob guy. Cause I'm he, not going to lie. I kind of like him. Me but, too. But he, st- he still spoils stuff. That's I think that's yeah. my whole point of blocking. Yeah. And I think, the, I think the last thing that really bothers me about them or people that spoil, like, from a journalist standpoint is, like, are right, you you guys are supposed to be wrestling fans too? Like you grew up watching wrestling. Would you exactly. want your stuff spoiled for you all the time? Like, why do you feel the need to do wrestling ruin moments? Bro? It it ruins moments. Like, <sighs> like I'm trying to think. When was the last time we had like a like a true memorable like return that nobody knew about? Like and it like got the biggest pop ever. I can't even think of one. Cause I mean, I would say Edge, but at the same time, like people already kind of knew. 
the Wait. I, I think the last one that I can think of that I didn't know, but I guess some people did, was when the Hardys returned at thirty uh, WrestleMania oh, thirty three. That was that stadium erupted. Yeah, because I didn't know about it either. Yeah, because I thought because they were like, oh, there's a fourth team. They started walking down. And I was like, okay, New Day's about to be the fourth team in this match. And then all you hear, doom, 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 doom. Oh, I literally jumped out of my seat. But literally, man. But to Dave Meltzer and all these other people, just stop. Like, seriously. Now, if you want to talk about something after the fact or when it happens, and then you release your report and to say that you know about it all along, go right on ahead. But please stop saying stuff beforehand because it makes people not want to watch it anymore. But moving on to our final wrestling topic, the most underrated wrestlers of all time. I got two in mind. Like we didn't we didn't say like a specific number we was gonna do, but I got two. The first one is Chavo Guerrero. Uh, Chavo, Chavo was so good, man. And they just kind of treated him like a joke after the whole La Familia thing. Like, you know, and it, it after Eddie Guerrero, like, you know, when he was teaming with Eddie Guerrero, those Guerreros, like, everybody was all looking at Eddie and just overlooking Chavo, but Chavo was having bangers. Um, he had a great feud with Rey Mysterio after Eddie passed, and then La Familia happened, and then after that, he was losing to Hornswoggle. And I never understood that. And then, can we just talk about Chavo Guerrero's theme song right quick, man? Um, Ooh, it took Chavo. Third- listen, listen. It took me 13 years to figure this shit out. And I don't know how I didn't re- didn't catch this, bro. Because when I started watching wrestling, I knew what this was. And I had to be like eight years old. So I already knew what the stuff was. And it didn't hit me until a couple nights ago. when I Because I was just like, I was looking for songs to sample because I got bored. And I was like, okay, let me just sample Chavo Guerrero things. So I'll make a beat out of it. And it's Loki. And Loki kind of slapped. I just ain't finished it yet. That's why he said shit. But I'm listening to the girl throughout the song, and it hit me, and I'm like, this girl is sounding out getting her shit clapped by Chavo Guerrero. And it, I, it never registered to me that this woman was moaning throughout the song. Like, it, it, how did I not realize it, bro? Like, ooh, Chavo. And then, like, I'm not going to do the rest of the sounds because I'm, I'm not going to do that to myself. But I'm sitting there like, how did they get away with this? Like, this song was on PG television. And how did, first of all, I don't know if I'm the only one who's just now catching it. I feel like I might be a little late, but if Chavo can't come back, I'm sorry. I, I would love for Chavo to come back. But if they if he comes back, they're going to have to give him new music. And the people that do new music now absolutely suck. My second is Jeff Hardy. And y'all think, some of y'all probably thinking like, well, Jeff Hardy's gotten a great push over the years. Um, can somebody, can one of y'all two please tell me, what has Jeff Hardy done since he came back to WWE? Well, since the Hardys broke up again, what, 
what has Jeff Hardy been doing? Because I don't, I don't know. I think um, he won one U.S. championship. Yeah. And then oh, the championship that doesn't matter. Yeah, I was gonna right. say it was okay. very brief, but other than that, he's been little to no impact. Listen, Jeff Hardy may not be great on the mic, and he may not have be like the best wrestler per se. But Jeff Hardy is legit one of the most influential wrestlers ever. Like, Jeff Hardy is the reason that a lot of us as kids jumped off of stuff and got hurt. Jeff Hardy is the reason that some most of us listen to wrestling music, like just listening to the music. Speaking of which, now that fans are back, World Wrestling Entertainment, I swear to the most high Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, if we get to Monday Night Raw, and I don't hear no more words blasting through the speakers. I am burning down HQ. And I mean it. I've been waiting. How long has it been? 2010. So I've been waiting 11 years to hear that song again. Try me. Try me. I want to hear the damn song. I'm serious. But those are my two. Um, Chavo Guerrero and Jeff Hardy. Two very influential wrestlers for their time. Uh, Chavo Guerrero, I think, was honestly ahead of his time. And, you know, Jeff Hardy, he made us do dumb shit as, ch- as kids. But um, that's my two. Um, Damon, who do you have as being underrated wrestlers? Um, so I have uh, one women's wrestler and uh, one men's. So the first one is uh, Victoria. In an era when there was like Trish Stratus, Mickey James, that division was packed. Victoria had the size, the moveset, but I always felt like she kind of got the short end of the straw out of all the women. But even once she left and then went to TNA, and then she like feuded with like Gail Kim and all them, and still did pretty well. But I just feel like she never really got the justice she deserved. And she was a good worker. She was good on the mic. Um, I'm glad she came back in this year's Royal Rumble, I believe. Yeah, that was this year. She came back. Um, she had a sweet finisher, too. So that was definitely one, I think, uh, for them. And then the other one's kind of like a low-key. It's not like a huge one. But I feel like Paul London was very underrated. Um he kind of they didn't stick him, but with him and Brian Kendrick in the tag team division, Paul London has one of the cleanest 450s in in history. I don't care. Like London falling was a cold finisher. He kind of was in the tag team division pretty much his whole career in WWE, and he easily could have been a multi-time Intercontinental Championship. But that was in the era of where little didn't if you're under six feet and under 250 pounds you weren't winning a championship unless you're Rey Mysterio so um those two are who I think were drastically underrated Paul London's entrance used to that shit used to kill me like it didn't even last 20 seconds bro he just ran out hit the ropes, then did a backflip. And it just, like, why was it so quick? And then it was one time 
where like he was running so fast and he had too much momentum. When he slid in the ring, he went all the way to the other side and yep. slid out the ring on accident. Like literally that his drop crazy. kick, he does a backflip out of his like drop kicks. Like that is like <laughs> Yeah. Like bro, me and Paul Linden, bro, we used to have some classics on SmackDown versus Raw 2006, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all know about that game. We we're not gonna speak on that again, but with Victoria, um can I, it's weird to this is gonna this still blows my mind, bro. Do y'all understand that Victoria technically gave Nicki Minaj her platform? Explain. Oh yeah, so um, Victoria's theme song was performed by Nicki Minaj. That was Nicki. What? Yeah, I'm dead serious. It was Nicki. You know, I ain't the lady in the mess. With. That that was that was Nicki what? Minaj. Yes, bro, that was Nicki Are Minaj. You? I'm dead ass. It was Nicki Minaj. Like, you can look it up. Oh, my God. What? Y'all didn't know? What year was that? Oh, my goodness. Hold like, on. Between, like, both versions, like, the 2005 version and, like, the 2008 version, bro. I'm dead serious. Nicki Minaj. Holy yes. shit. Yes, like, bro, when I found out what? Yes, bro. Like, <laughs> Victoria gave Nicki Minaj her platform, dog. <laughs> like, WWE made Nicki Minaj famous, bro. Uh, oh, my. Dude, like, I am freaking the hell out like, right now. Bro. So, to all you Nicki stands out there, I don't know who's hey. What? <laughs> Bro, because I found out I, I found out when I was like maybe like 14, 15, and then I start playing the song back in my head, and I'm thinking I'm like, yo, that is Nikki. Bro. So um I I I don't know if they have a relationship with each other or not, man, but I just need to see a picture of them together. Just just one picture. That's all I want, bro. I just want them to link one time. That's all I want. <laughs> Oh but my god, I'm listening your most right now. Bitch. Holy crap, this is real. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> but uh John, who is your most underrated wrestler of all time? Underrated wrestlers of all time. I gotta go with William Regal. William Regal. He can wrestle yeah. and he has the charisma. And when he's a heel. You hate him. You hate him. You you make them. You really make. He really makes you hate the UK. He really does, and I love it. And we gave him his flowers when he became the general manager of uh, of um, NXT. But William Regal, even when he was on ECW, when ECW was ass, he still made ECW watchable. When it was like him and Christian, they were just going back and forth for the ECW title. Then you got Jack Swagger in the picture, and then um, uh, what Goldust? Hey, bro, hold up, hold up, bro. Because I heard, I noticed your tone went lower when you was talking about Jack Swagger, bro. Don't do Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger ass, bro. I you can't tell me (laughs) otherwise, bro. Hey, look, man, I know, but his old or OG theme song was fire, bro. Don't do it. Oh yeah. That one <laughs> like that. Check one two. 
Yo, I'm weak. But that's going to do it for the wrestling portion. And now moving on to the NBA, we did talk about the Candace Parker 2K cover. And honestly, this sex, this session is not going to last that long. But um, the NBA 2K covers on the regular edition, we have Luka Doncic. And on the Legends edition, we have Kevin Durant, Dirk Nowitzki, and Nowitzki, my bad, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, I like it. I I like I love Luca. Um, I'm happy for him. Um, this is it's kind of poetic justice because um, for those of y'all that didn't know, Luca Doncic was in two K seventeen, and when one of the Euroleague teams when he was like seventeen years old, and he was a fifty nine overall. So I think this is definitely some poetic justice for Luca. Um, the legends covered. I, I, it's beautiful, man. Um, KD gets his third cover. Kareem finally gets one. Dirt gets one. Um, again, like when it comes to the regular covers, I really don't care too much. It's just like, was well, the game good? But again, like I'm really only hype about the women's cover, but I do like these other two covers. Um, but that's really that's really all I can really say on those two. Um, again, like I have all my thoughts for the women's cover, but. Damon, what do you think about these two covers, the regular edition and the Legends edition? Homie's still listening to Nicki Minaj. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize I wasn't unmuted. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, like I said a little bit earlier, you know, the covers haven't really been exciting to me but this year I really like all three of them I like that I like the diversity of all the people on the covers um, um I was gonna say these have been my favorite ones besides the uh, the Kobe Legends edition last year and then other than that it's been kind of forgettable but I liked it I like the ones this year uh John what do you think about these covers well, I like the covers I like the covers Dirt. Has Dirt ever been on the cover? Uh, no, I think this is his first he one. He should have been on the cover. Like 2007, when he was MVP, even though they lost to the Golden State Warriors, he should have been on the cover. Dirk was- or when they won the championship. Yeah, yeah in 2011. Yeah. He should have been on the cover, but. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, uh, uh. Jeez. But, you know, I like the covers. Luca deserves it because uh, everybody loves Luca. Like, all Luca does is just hoop and just become a meme. That's all he does. And that's why everybody loves Luca. But I just feel like Kareem finally getting a 2K cover. I feel like this should have been happening. Um, Honestly, I feel like he should get a solo cover. I mean, this man is literally the leading scorer in league history. And, you know, he's sharing the cover with two other great NBA players, but he still has to share the cover. So I think Kareem definitely should get his flowers maybe next year. I don't know. Um, if LeBron, like, decides miraculously decides to retire or something, then that's not going to happen. But I think next year Kareem should get a solo Legends Edition cover. Um, 
but yeah, that's I really don't have too many thoughts on these again. Like, I only cared about the Candace Parker cover that much, and then with the rest of them, it's just like, well, the game better not be ass. Like, that that's literally all I have towards it. But moving into our next topic, the worst NBA analyst on the planet. Um, I can't pick one. So I'm going to go with several. First person that comes to mind off rip is Rob Parker. I'm truly convinced that Rob Parker has never watched a game of basketball in his life. I can't even like his takes are so bad. And I don't I don't understand why he's employed. Like I'm honestly convinced Rob Parker doesn't watch sports. Cause his take on every single sport has been so bad and so outlandish that you he talks like he's never watched a game ever in his life. Another person. Um, I know that, like, his situation with him getting fired from ESPN, like, it low-key kind of suck. But Paul Pierce should have never got hired. Heck no. Um, this man said on national television that he was better than D-Wade. Um, no, there's no reason why the guy who – Faked an injury to go take a shit during the NBA Finals should be on national television as an NBA analyst. I'm sorry. Kendrick Perkins, too, man. He said that Chris Middleton was Batman and Giannis was Robin. I know Chris Middleton has been playing great. But um, that is Giannis' team. Uh what possesses a man to say something like this? And then the last people I'm going to mention um, is all the first take, Max and Stephen A. I know Max Kellerman, I want equal dog. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, how can this man said this out loud? Like, you got Steph Curry, KD, Clay Thompson. And this man said out loud, I want Iguodala. That that is one of the worst moments in basketball history. And then Stephen A. Um, I, I I used to like Stephen A. Like growing up, you know, he he fell off hard, man. Like, you know, the Kwame Brown stuff, you know, back in the day, it was hilarious because we didn't know the story. But then it's like we we Kwame Brown's finally speaks out after 20 years, and now it's just looking like oh shit. And then Stephen A's response is, oh well, let's just pick up some low lights and defend Charlemagne the God when he literally disrespected your family and say he said nothing personal. And then like the stuff with Kyrie, man, I know that as analysts or you know sports fans, we're of course allowed to change our opinions. But how do you go from Kyrie should retire from basketball to literally a week and a half later, why is Kyrie Irving not in the MVP conversation? What are we doing? What what are we doing? What what are we doing? Stephen A has fallen off a cliff, honestly. But John, who would you say are some of the worst NBA analysts today? Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless. Uh, 
and Jason Whitlock. And uh, what's his name? Wiley? The Mar- Wiley or Fox? Wiley, yeah. I can't. Is it like Jay uh, Wiley? It's something. I know what you're talking about, Or some, something Wiley, but those three? Nah. LeVar Ball said it best. Jason Whitlock, the only thing he should be reporting on is snaps. Jason Whitlock is a coon. <laughs> Bro, y'all remember that bullshit he said about LeBron? Yeah. Oh, my God. So I'm asking LeBron don't face racism because he rich. I remember when Kobe retired. And guess who's talking shit about Kobe's retirement? Fat ass Jason Whitlock. Wait, what did he say? Like that was the most selfish thing like ever. Like it was, he went on a whole rant about Kobe. Kobe's like the most selfish player ever. Kobe's retirement should have never been celebrated. Like, it was wild. And guess who was the first one to start crying when Kobe died? Fat ass Jason Whitlock. That's annoying. The Lakers were butt anyway. Like, it's not like that, like, made a difference. <laughs> yeah, like, nobody knew about the Lakers. Exactly. It was, it was Kobe. Kobe's night. It was Kobe. It was Kobe's night. Pouring on his snacks. I love LeBar Ball. What a guy. Yes. And then Skip. Oh, my God. He just hates everything LeBron related. You know? And, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan. And Skip Bay is a Cowboys fan. But when. Wait, 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 wait. I know this is a basketball and wrestling podcast. And honestly, I don't even watch the NFL enough that much. But the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. and he's like, like he really no got he really got famous because of the Dallas yeah. Cowboys because he wrote a book about uh Troy Aikman and Barry Switzer, and in the book it was like something about a rumor about Troy Aikman being gay, and that's how the book blew up, and that's how he got famous. Right. Anyways, but like Skip Bayless has like terrible takes, like everything LeBron does. He he just goes against LeBron, and everything. Even when is when LeBron is not even mentioned, like not even in the topic, he somehow brings LeBron in. It's just wild. And then Wiley, like, dude, you're a football player. Why are you talking about basketball? That's that ball head dude, Why? right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We are talking about the same. Oh, yeah, version of yeah, Jason yeah, Whitlock, yeah. really. <laughs> I was oh, sure. I remember that was one of my, oh. How are you? How are you ask an analyst M in the NBA? <laughs> Listen, how you ask in the big three, the NBA and ESPN all at the same time? That makes no sense. You shouldn't sense be to analyzing anything. Like, you need to analyze this game, first of all. Uh, said Giannis is the most overrated MVP of all time. Stop. This man said 
that the 72 and 10 Chicago Bulls could not beat Golden State. <sighs> but you know what? You know what? No, nah, I'm not even going to do that. Damon, besides Ryan Hollins, with, well, actually, with you talking about Ryan Hollins, who else would you say are the worst NBA um, analysts right now? So this guy isn't exclusively a NBA uh, analyst, but when he does, he is absolutely awful. Um, Mr. Colin Coward. Um, I don't know who pisses in his coffee every morning, but he's literally one. He, I think he like gets off on saying the most outlandish takes of all time. And just like how Skip Bayless like hates LeBron, even though LeBron probably doesn't know who he is. <laughs> um, no, Colin Coward does not hate any man more than Russell Westbrook. This man craps on Russell Westbrook every moment that he can. <laughs> um, but yeah, Skip and Stephen A are definitely definitely unhonorable mentions um, when it comes to horrible takes. Um, Stephen A can't stay on one opinion for more than three days. Um, and honestly, and I think Stephen A's problem is he doesn't – I think he just gets so – he gets going so easily. He gets going so much that, like, he doesn't control how he speaks. And that shows with the whole Shohei Itani thing that just happened recently. Like, what what, what make you say something like that? In case um, – for the listeners, in case you didn't hear about what happened um, when – I know this isn't a baseball – podcast either but he was talking about Shohei Otani one of the best players in the uh, MLB right now and he said that how can Shohei Otani be the face of the MLB if he can't if he needs a translator to speak to people Um, and that's just the personification of how he just he doesn't think when he speaks he just says whatever he wants and hope something sticks and skip yes Stephen a smith said and then to make it worse and i think this is what really made it worse and i think this is what made me mad even more mad about it so he goes on and makes this whole apology about it but the apology he's like you know i understand you know how this can be harmful he was like you know i'm black i can't be like I can't be that harmful. And I'm like, bro, don't. Why would you say that? <laughs> like, in the heap of all of this, all of the um, the hate crimes towards Asian America, Americans, excuse me, in the country right now, and your excuse is that you're Black and sometimes you just, you know, you it's insensitive like that's that's just not right that's that the Kwame Brown saying Lamar Odom's on crack like you it's a pattern bro 
Wait a minute. Did Stephen A say anything about Shakari? Because I swear to God. I doubt it. Because if he says stay off the weed, I will shoot this man, bro. I don't think he said anything crazy about Shakari. Hmm. I, I hope not. He better not. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I doubt he did. <sighs> Jesus. I was going to say, he said stay off the weed to Josh Gordon for, for years. Years. Man, I'm trying to think of somebody. Oh, yeah, Nick Wright is an idiot, too. Like, bro, Nick, Nick, Nick Wright just says things and he doesn't use facts or knowledge or common sense or anything, bro. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Um, okay. First take as a like, bro. First take is just terrible. Like, oh yeah, that's another per- Kendrick Perkins. Oh wait, I talked about Kendrick Perkins. Yeah, we talked. That's about just it. how bad. That's just how bad Kendrick Perkins is. <laughs> yeah, popular opinion. Shannon Sharp. See, I like Shannon when he's not talking about LeBron. Like that. Like, um, undisputed. Is a good show when LeBron James or Tom, and Tom Brady are not involved. Otherwise, it becomes completely unbearable because you got Skip, who hates everything LeBron does, and you got Shannon, who literally worships the ground that LeBron walks. He on. would drink LeBron's bathwater if he could. Like, bro, and that's that's another thing, bro, because like. I want to go see Space Jam. By the way, um, I, I I recommend the movie. I felt that it was good. Just LeBron K act, but then again, Michael Jordan couldn't really act either. So you know, Space Jam one's better than Space Jam two. I will say that, but you know, thank you. But not 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 in a bad way. You know, I I, I did enjoy Space Jam, but I'm at the theater right, and just I'm just thinking, just mentioning Shannon Sharp, bro. I could just see this shit happening, bro. I'm in the theater getting ready to order my snacks. And it's at least eight people in the theater wearing LeBron James jerseys to go see Space Jam. And I could see Shannon Sharp being one of those people. Now... Goat head I, on. I, I have no doubt in my mind that there were at least three people who went to go see Space Jam wearing a Michael Jordan jersey. I have absolutely zero doubt in my mind. But you still look corny, all of you. Now, if you had a, like, it was a, like it was a family sitting next to me and my family, and they had like all those Space Jam shirts and like they had like their family the last name on the back. That's cute. That's cool. I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. Now, like me, I was wearing this shirt yesterday. For those of y'all, well, of course you can't see it. I'm wearing a Muggsy Bogues shirt. Muggsy Bogues is my favorite NBA player of all time, and he just so he just so happened to be in Space Jam. Like it, it wasn't like a planned thing. I just put the shirt on. If you go to a movie, there are so many NBA players in this movie, and I get you know LeBron's the main star, but do y'all know how weird y'all look going? to the movies for one man, not any other part of the cast, one man, one person, and I see a whole bunch of yellow and, yellow and purple. 
throughout the whole theater, man. Y'all, y'all are y'all are sad. <laughs> but that's going to do it for that portion. And now moving on to our last NBA topic. And this is going to be fun. And John, I'm going to ask you first. Talk to me about some forgotten NBA stars, some players that were absolute buckets and they either just fell off the face of the earth or they something happened and they retired, but nobody talks about them anymore because somebody else did what they did. Hmm. Absolute buckets, but fell off the face of the earth. Marcus Aldridge, Al Horford, uh, Jeff Teague, um, This season, I would have to say Victor Oladipo because he had, like, you know, he still had interest with the Pacers, and then he gets traded twice, which kind of devalues him as a player overall. Uh, Yeah, Oladipo. Who else was a bucket but also fell? Marcus Saul, like, Memphis Grizzlies leader, it goes to the Lakers, and then he just obviously gets thrown under the bus when they sign Andre Drummond. Uh, I mean, DeMarcus Cousins is still hooping, but he's not like Sacramento DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> who else? Who else? Who else? Yeah, that's the only guy in my mind right now. Um, okay, I'm going I'm to give some of mine. I'm not going to do all of mine yet, but just off the top, Starberry for sure, Stevie Franchise, Steve Francis, Gilbert Arenas, Ben Wallace, man. Uh, what? Whoa. Now, Ben Wallace. Whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yes. Th- no, listen, when I say, because I'm not saying. Because, okay, because I did say absolute bucket. I meant, like, they were stars during their time. I Okay, Ben Wallace was not a guy who was known for getting buckets. Like, you know, he never averaged more than 10 points at any point throughout his career. But, I mean, the guy won four defensive players of the year in five years. Like, he was the defensive anchor behind one of the best defensive teams of all time. An underrated champion. He's a new hall of famer that completely went under the radar. Like people were no, nobody really knew that Ben Wallace was even in the hall of fame. Like Ben Wallace, it's not that he was like, he was no, again, he was no offensive juggernaut by any means, but like for what he did on the defensive end and for not many people to talk about it outside of the city of Detroit, to me, that's a crime. But that that's just how I feel about, about it. You know, it is there some Pistons bias in it? Maybe a little, but I mean Ben Wallace deserves more recognition than he he gets. Gilbert Arenas, man. Oh my god. Gilbert Arenas was <sighs> Jesus. All he had to do after the injuries was all he had to do was just not bring a gun to the locker room, man. 
Like we would, we could still be talking about how Gilbert Arenas is one of the most solid players in the NBA right now. All he had to do was just not bring a gun to the locker room. Like Gilbert Arenas at at his prime was legitimately a top five scorer in the league. And you, we never talk about him anymore because he, yes, the injuries happened, but he did kind of ruin his career as well with the gun incident. But, uh, Damon, what are some of your forgotten NBA stars? Yeah, so I got two. The first one that immediately comes to mind is uh, Brandon Roy. Brandon Roy was a bucket getter. Um he went. He uh, he was a great scorer, and he kind of did a little bit of everything. And then I believe it was a bad torn ACL. I believe. Okay. Um, yeah. I believe it was an ACL, and he never really recovered after that. Um, and I think another one that kind of flies under the radar is Rashard Lewis. Um. He he did some wonders with the supersonics, multiple 20 plus points per game seasons. And I think he's one of those guys that kind of gets forgotten because he played for so long that like his drop off was pretty heavy once he kind of fell into like a deep role player, um, a deep role player role. So, um, but yeah, those are definitely two guys that, uh, I think. Like, I'm trying to think. I had somebody in mind that I could not think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I'm going to end up saying his name wrong. Wait a minute. Let me just look it up. Because he's in in the big three now, and he kind of got blackballed. Oh, Mamu Abdul-Raouf. Listen, let me tell y'all something about my move, Abdul Raul, but that boy can sh- that man can shoot. Okay. It I can't even put into words. This man was legitimately an elite shooter. And he got blackballed from the league because he was protesting the national anthem. And this was like what the early like late nineties, early nineties. And if you if you watch the big three, and I, I do recommend like if y'all should watch the big three league, like there there's some bucket getters there too that used to play in the NBA. Mahmoud Abdul for him to be 52 years old and just shooting threes like it's nothing. Like I don't want to say he was Steph before Steph. But you can make the argument that he was Steph before Steph, man. In Rashard Lewis's case, Rashard Lewis and Ray Allen were the original Splash Brothers. And like Damon said, like he does not get enough love. Like for him to, like, I'm 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 trying to think of what I'm saying. Like, you see Steph and Clay. And what they were able to do. It's never been done by anybody else in league history. 
I'd say because I again like I don't want to say like oh well they were the such and such was the catalyst, but honestly you could honestly you could say Ray Allen and Rashard Lewis were the catalyst because I mean Ray Allen for a long time was considered the greatest three point shooter of all time, so he made like not necessarily the originator but the the catalyst to get it going man. Um, do y'all have any other players in mind? Cause I'm I'm trying to I'm still thinking of something. Uh, Brandon Jennings. Ah uh, yeah. Don't say that name around me. Oh. Pfft. Honestly, him <laughs> or uh Monte Ellis, that oh, um, Milwaukee background. I used to love Monte Ellis. Like Monte, bro. Monte Ellis back in them old 2Ks, man. Nah, you that was a straight bucket. Like, I used to torch people with Monte Ellis. And he was so good. Like, I don't think he was ever an all-star either. But I think it was one one season where he was averaging like 25. And then um, you know what I just thought about though? Imagine that instead of trading Monte Ellis, they traded Steph. What what mm. do y'all think would be the outcome of that situation on both sides? That's interesting. Uh, Steph in Milwaukee. Um. Okay, I think in Golden State's case, I mean. Monte Ellis was great. Don't get me wrong, but you know they bring in Andrew Bogut, and if you know everything else stayed the same, like oh well, they drafted Clay, they got Draymond, and Harrison Barnes, weak ass. I don't know. I don't think they would have been that great. But on the other hand, if we got Steph and Giannis on the same team, they already had at least two rings, like at least. I, I think Steph and Giannis would absolutely go crazy. You know, Monte, he was great at the time, but he was still kind of like, not necessarily like completely falling off, but he was starting to look like that guy that most people know him as, like a solid guy off the bench, like a solid six man. As a starting point guard, I couldn't, I couldn't see that working. So I think that, the trade worked out, definitely worked would have worked out better had um you know since they did trade Monte I think it I mean of course it worked out better but I couldn't see I couldn't see Golden State still doing anything resembling what they did if they had traded Steph but uh what what do y'all think Mm, man, that's uh. If they're taking, if they trade stuff, Milwaukee, Monte, I keep Monte Ellis. I don't think the Warriors will have won in the championship. But if stuff got traded to Milwaukee, I don't think. Milwaukee wouldn't have won any championships. I think Milwaukee would be like a playoff team. 
have a deep playoff. Wait, you you said they wouldn't have won any titles. I think they would have a deep playoff run, but I don't I don't think they would have won any titles. I agree. Cause like I'm I'm trying to think of it where it's like okay that move changes but maybe everything is stays the same <clears throat> instead of like maybe Drew Holiday or something so like Steph Chris Middleton Giannis Brooke Lopez I really like I I honestly think that's a championship team I really do because I mean their floor spacing would be insane they got. Outside of Giannis, they have great three-point shooters. Um, Giannis, maybe I'm trying to think, because um, honestly, I wouldn't count PJ Tucker as a factor in anything. Um, wait, who is? I'm trying to think. Maybe they kept Drew, but maybe they did trade, or I don't know, or maybe they move. Well, they would have to move either Steph or Drew to the two guard and then it'd be Steph, Drew Holiday, Giannis, I mean, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez as a starting five. I, I can see that one. I can see them winning the title at least, at, at least two since 2009. Well, no, not 2009. When did Monte, like 2011, I think. Is that when Monte got traded? I think so. Let me see. Because um, if that's the case, like, I could see them winning two titles since 2011. Because after Miami, um, if that was the roster they had, I mean, Giannis didn't really fully become Giannis until, like, 2017. And those 2017 cap, no, nah, they would have smoked them for sure. So they would have been to the finals. I don't... Okay, yeah. I don't necessarily see them beating that Golden State team. Oh, wait. But Steph wouldn't be on that Golden State team. Yo. Okay. Yeah. So if they went up against Golden State and they had Steph instead of... Yeah, I, I, I'm not even going to lie, bro. I, I would have to pick Milwaukee. I, I honestly would. Um, For sure. Oh, yeah, so he got traded in 2012. Oh, my God. Yeah, they for sure would have won at least two. At least. Most definitely, bro. We'd we be talking about a whole other dynasty, bro. Like, Milwaukee, they're they're a good team, but not nah, them. They would be a dynasty. <laughs> Jesus. Like, Jesus. <laughs> but... If that is all, that is going to bring us to the conclusion of this episode of Hooplex. Thank you guys for listening. Keep sending in your takes, and we will see you guys next week.